this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello. I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hey, welcome everybody. Ears up, in-depth, back at it again. It's been a hot minute here, but... Uh, we're ready to go in-depth with the recent Disneyland and uh, potentially Disney World news. I don't really know what my co-host Jeremy has planned for us. Jeremy, are you there? I mean, Walt Disney World is just melting down lately, and we've got to cover it. <laughs> oh, my God. But people need to know because it's going, they're going crazy down there. What's go- the, you know what? I, it wouldn't surprise me, first of all, because uh, it is Florida and it's very uh, warm and, and humid, but it's also... Very warm out here for some reason. Unseasonably warm for October. And I feel like maybe that's why there's weird and crazy news happening right now. Yeah, the heat really gets to you, and that's that's it. <laughs> it really does, man. And that is that on that. Uh, Taryn and I were in Disneyland. Uh, I almost said Disney World, and then I'm sure you would have like had a heart attack because nobody called you. Um, we were in Disneyland recently, last last weekend, weekend before. Um Never go, never go to Disneyland. Just, I'm going to say that right now. Never go to Disneyland because it was very, very busy. It was Columbus Day, first of all. We went on like mm-hmm. the 12th through the 15th. I had no idea that that Monday was Columbus Day. I had no <laughs> idea, number two, that anyone cared about Columbus Day. Or number three, that anybody had a Columbus Day off. But apparently, they do. And it was insanely crowded it was so bad we left actually early on monday we couldn't do you anything left early because of the crowds because of the crowds we left about seven o'clock um a lot of the fast passes were already out haunted mansion fast passes were already uh, out by like three o'clock jeez yeah it was very very bizarre and when we got there on uh when did we go oh we were going to meet terrence parents in um downtown disney saturday night so we approached the security line. The security line easily was, I don't know, 50 yards deep. It was huge and like not moving, and it was very frustrating. We were talking to a, a nice lady in, in, in front of us in line, and she was like, well, it's also fall break. I'm like, right. first of all, what's fall break? Didn't school just start? Apparently, school starts in late August now, and then instead of like a week-long Thanksgiving Day break – the, either it's the local kids or nationwide. I have no idea. I'll find out in you know five years, I guess, when Alice is going to school. But uh, apparently instead of like a traditional week-long Thanksgiving Day break, it's broken up. So they get like three or four days for fall break and then three or four days for Thanksgiving. It, it, well, it makes no sense. I don't know what goes on in California. When <laughs> I was a kid, we got two days off for Thanksgiving and no fall break. We actually went to school. Yes, what exactly. That's my break. point. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. <clears throat> They've been there for six weeks. Yes. Why are they? Why are? Why is there a vacation? But anyway, all these things, these forces, kind of align. And uh, on Sunday had Oogie Boogie's Bash, so I feel like there were a lot of people that bought tickets for that, and they said, "Well, we're here. We might as well just go to the park." So I think it was an extra busy day. But Monday there was no party, and it was slammed, atrociously slammed. 
And what didn't help is that we finally made it to Carthay on Monday. Those pro- they raised their prices. I think we've reported on it, and I just forgot about it. But seventeen fifty for a Carthay Manhattan that was vermouth heavy, not worth it at all. Beer is eleven dollars now. At That's Disney, a lot at, at DCA. It's too much. So uh, I, I came home and I wrote an email. <laughs> oh boy! I wrote an email, and I should honestly read it on 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 the the ears up show because it was very nice. Um, but I was basically explaining, you know, the alcohol, it might sound weird, but the alcohol is a third to a half of the reason why we entered DCA in the first place. Right. I understand you have to raise prices and you have to make money, and I, I get all of that. But with food prices have increased, the quality has increased as well. Across the board, every place I went to, I feel like they had more options that were sort of a little bit more elevated than normal. Okay. Uh, it was very, very good food. The, the Rancho del Zacala was very good. Um, I had some funky sandwich with like a spicy tortilla soup at uh, Jolly Holiday. That was excellent. The soup was very, very good. So I'm okay with maybe spending a buck or two more, whatever. Uh, park admission increases. Okay, well, we get, you know, parking lot, new parking lot. Uh, we get um, Star Wars land, you know, refurbs, all that kind of stuff. I get it that. But just raising the prices on alcohol, we get nothing out of that. It's the same beer. It's the same Manhattan. There's no in, there's, <laughs> right. there's no benefit to do that other than just taking money. So I'm like, honestly, I, I, it lowers the, the, the reason that I have to go into DCA in the first place. And then if a third of the reason why I'm entering a second park is gone, then why would I want to renew my pass? Like I just, it, it, it's just like a whole domino effect for me. And I know nobody's ever going to get back to me, but it just felt good to articulate the reasons why I'm upset. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Because, you know, as of late, particularly when the parks are crowded, the, you can't even get into Carthay Circle to have a drink. There's a line outside. Did you have to wait in a line this yes. time? We had to wait in a line. Oh. It wasn't terrible. It was about 10 minutes. Okay, which shocked me. And yeah. then when we went in, it was about half full. And I know they're sort of, they're they're really regulating that because they want the tables there for people who already have reservations, which makes zero sense for me. Because if you have a reservation, then you should go up and spend more time. Well, I guess that's that's the reason they want to rotate. The, they want to turn tables upstairs. They don't, you know, that. So anyway, that makes actually a lot of sense now. But uh, uh, <laughs> backpedaling. That's what I would say if I was uninformed. However, <laughs> me yeah. being super informed. No, um, yeah, so we waited about, like I said, like 10 minutes, and it wasn't bad, but for two drinks and a glass of milk, we got out of there for $44. And it was like, I can't even do We were there for 20 minutes. Yeah, that's a bit much. I mean, that, that's, you can get a cheaper Manhattan in Manhattan. <laughs> well, and what I what I said in my email, I said, you know, when, when the prices, you know, when you started serving, or at least when we started going, it was fourteen dollars, and that was just at or slightly above craft spirit bars. You know, out in San Francisco here, we have a lot of craft spirit bars. There's a ton of them. Oh. There's a ton of craft spirit bars in Oakland and, and, and the area, and you can get really good drinks for twelve to fifteen bucks. Right. So I was okay with paying that, and I've t- I talked about it incessantly on the show. Like that's a for fourteen dollars, and I said in my email, for for what I consider to be the best Manhattan I've ever had, fourteen dollars is a great deal. And I don't, and, and but seventeen fifty, it's not. That's three dollars and fifty cents more for something that just tastes like a bottle of vermouth. It was so I I don't, and now I'm in this conundrum where I'm not I'm not renewing my passes. I don't You're know not? when. No, I'm not. Um, I don't know when we're going back, and. 
if we did, I don't know if I would even care about going to Carthay because it's so expensive. It's already expensive to go to Disneyland. Why is it expensive to forget about the pain in your feet? And I'm like, you know, it was cool to go with my friends and sit down for an hour and relax and sort of, you know, BS about the day and plan what we're going to do next. And then um, even stay, even extend our stay because we, we got a break. Or when we go to Carthay, I would get food and we would just kind of hang out and relax for a couple hours. And then we would go and spend another four or five hours in the park and eat in the park and whatever. It extended our day. But now right. I'm not going to do that. So now I don't right. know how long our day is going to last because we don't have a rest stop. But I know it sounds like I'm an alcoholic, but everyone, you guys are adults. It's, you know, whoever's listening, it's, this is just kind of what you do. DCA, man, you you have a beer. Yeah, you have many beers if you're yeah. having fun. I mean, this upsets me. I'm going to be honest with you, it upsets me. And you do this to me every year. <laughs> and I go through a whole... You know, I get worried and I'm upset because you guys oh, no. aren't renewing. And then you do renew, and, and and the new year starts anew, and I'm excited. Okay, well, this is uh, our New Year's gift to you, then I guess. Or we're just if you guys do renew. Yeah. Well, we're still going to go to Disneyland, but as of now, we're not going to renew our passes again for like the third time because it's not. We just don't go enough. It's not right. worth it now when we do go because everything is so bloody expensive. Yeah, and by everything I mean alcohol. It's too it's too expensive for us, <laughs> and that it, it it maybe it's maybe it is a little depressing, but that's a big it's it's a big impact. But we weren't going to renew beforehand. We're going to try to take a year off or two years off and just wait. And if we're still we'll still go to Disneyland, like I said, but we'll pay for our tickets. Well, I I'm on board with that because you you might take six months where you wouldn't have gone anyway. So why be paying for a pass? Let it go exactly. And then if you do get the the urge, the hankering to get down there. You can always buy another pass halfway through next year, right? You don't have to have it. Yeah, exactly. At all times. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it because you know if you right now if you go like you know five and a half or six and a half days or whatever it is now, um, then you should get a pass. You know, if you go more than that, it's worth it. But I don't think right. we went more than that. Maybe we right. went that amount, like six and a half, seven days, maybe. But just paying that 110 bucks a month. Every month, and living in California is very expensive, and gas is very expensive, and it's just all of these things compound. And you're like, I can't, I cannot do it. I will manage my money better and save and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, all right, Jeremy. Well, hey, let's get in some news, huh? Let's get in some news. I first have a question about you. Uh oh. Um, I usually do. When you <laughs> yeah. eat a hot dog, <clears throat> are you? Okay one of these ketchup people or are you one of these mustard people i feel like the world is divided it, wait the world is divided between ketchup and mustard on hot dogs there's room for both uh, sometimes i'll do both most of the time i will do both oh well uh, yeah did i you, blow your mind once again always bridging the gap <laughs> between people that's right which i like that's me i'm a bridge walk you on are me. a bridge yeah uh well i believe ears up has I will, so just for the record, in case anyone's dying to know, I'm a ketchup person. Or sorry, I just lied. I'm a mustard person. <laughs> I would never put ketchup on a hot dog. It's terrible. But I believe Ears Up actually covered this, that Disney some time ago switched to individual ketchup and mustard packets over the dispensers because I think okay. you guys said people were licking them. Yeah, that's right. Someone was licking them or, or the... <laughs> 
I don't know, the, the desire to lick the spigot is a little too much for some people. Right. Well, there's been a new development in, Dis- in the world of Disney condiments this week, and Diz Twitter nearly lost its collective brain oh, good. once again. It doesn't take much to rattle that group. <laughs> no, it doesn't really. You know. Well, late last week, photos began to emerge from Casey's Corner in the Magic Kingdom, showing a lack of ketchup and mustard packets in their usual bowls at the... Whatever, what the hot dog accessories station? What, what the, what's the place you take your hot dog after you buy it? Uh, the condiment bar. The condiment bar. <clears throat> I thought it was the accessories station. <laughs> well, the photos were accompanied by reports that Disney was now keeping individual paper cups pre-dispensed with ketchup and mustard behind the counters and handing them out upon request with each order. I don't like that. Something about that is too Orwellian for me, and I know that I'm going to be dramatic and be on Diz Twitter, but like, that's too, it's too overarching. I don't like it. It's let me dispense my own ketchup for the love of God. I'm a human adult being. Right. Well, people were saying this is cheap because, you know, they thought, oh, my God, they're cheaping out on us. Yeah. And Twitter erupted. So here's a few tweets that I saw. Oh, I love this. Meg Tylek said, I was so excited to eat at Casey's Corner today. Hashtag corndog nuggets. But then they didn't have any condiments. Ketchup was being held hostage behind hostage, <laughs> hostage behind the counter. And mustard was completely out. Very sad. They were shoving bamboo underneath its fingernails. I mean, <laughs> come on. Free the ketchup. It was being held hostage. Yeah, don't tread on me. <laughs> um, don't dispense my ketchup. Uh, even more angry, at Wakefield Report tweeted, there's no way to spin this. This is embarrassing. People are maxing out their credit cards for Disney vacations, and this is what they get. This is a new low for Disney. This is desperation at its finest. <laughs> what do they think? How much do they think Disney is saving? I don't think it's a cost right. savings. I think it's a health Savings. I, I, I genuinely think this is something that they just thought would be uh, a non-issue. Like, you want ketchup? Okay, here it is in the thing. Like, it's also a, a less wasteful, you know, plastic-wise than than the packets. I agree. I was perfectly fine to use the little paper cup. I yeah. think those paper packets or those plastic packets are terrible for the environment. Um, I don't know that I think that this is an example of desperation at its finest. <laughs> Yeah, considering it's considering it's Disneyland and Disney World, just Disney theme parks in general, you could probably point to a hundred different things that they have done over the last five years that sort of seem a little desperate, like just jacking the prices on literally everything. But <laughs> but holding the ketchup hostage is definitely not one of those. Right. Well, uh, and of course, there was a host of tweets that always these always come out. The tweets calling the company cheap and invoking the off-maligned Disney Parks and Resorts chairman, Bob Chapek. Um, so uh, they were really – it was like it was like someone threw a baseball at a beehive and then uh, everything just went – when uh, was a problem. But finally, at Daniel Holt, oh. posted a picture on, uh, I think, Saturday of heaping bowls of condiments in their packets from Casey's stating ketchup and mu- mustard packets at Casey's Corner. Relax, freaks. Because <laughs> they uh, were back. Who, who was that? Uh, at Daniel Holt. Daniel, the, vo- he- the voice of reason, the voice the of voice a generation, of the voice to calm everybody down. <laughs> yeah, they I were immediately probably- followed him. You should. 
Th- everyone throw Daniel a, a follow. Um, they were probably just out. It's just it's a thing sometimes that happens in the restaurant business, which is that, <laughs> which is what we're talking about. Well, uh, two days ago, the Disney Food Blog weighed in with a piece of investigative journalism worthy of Edward R. Murrow himself, uh, reporting that due to an inventory issue. Food packets were in low supply for three whole days last week, so they were handing them out individually. Uh, the packets have returned, and Diz Twitter can take a collective whiff of its smelling salts before freaking out over the next disaster. Ooh. Get that? No, I See get what it. I did there? I feel like nobody just asked the cast member, why, do you ha- why are you dispensing the, the ketchup? Why can't I do it myself? And I feel like the cast member would know and be like, oh, because we're out. Well, that would require this generation that we're we're raising to pick their head up off their phone and communicate with another human being. They don't do that. They tweet first. (laughs) And by the time Daniel Holt weighed in, they were already on to the next thing. That's right. um, You know, who thought that that was cheap anyway? It's like you immediately said you were like, that doesn't really save that much money. Yeah, I mean, who cares? Like, just genuinely, who cares? I, I can't imagine being upset about condiments about access to ketchup i would be like oh it's just weird i can't get it myself but um right so we were in uh toontown because having a kid having a toddler you you respect and understand the point of toontown now i really wish bugs land was there never never have i wished bugs land was in existence as much as i do currently because there is no place to take your toddler i mean you can go to Fantasyland, but there's crowds everywhere and if you don't like smelling other people's backs then you, <laughs> what's not to like about that i don't know that's a good point um you kind of have nowhere to really to to go we were we were struggling to sort of find things that we could do with Alice. um so we went to toontown a lot and she loved goofy's house and donald's boat or whatever it was you know that was fine um but we had we ate at one of the kiosks there. I forget what it was called. There's only like two um, next to the ice Clarabelle's ice cream or whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, but they have like a foot long hot dog, and it's like a four foot long hot dog. It's like a forearm. It's huge. It's massive, and you can get it topped with um, the most the, the the blandest macaroni and cheese I've ever had in my entire life. But that's beside the point. You get the hot dog, and then. I didn't even see the condiment station, so I just asked where the condiment station was, and they go, oh, it's right there. I go, oh, okay, cool, thanks. I would not have been put out or felt annoyed or slighted in the least if they had said, oh, uh, well, what are you looking for, ketchup? Here's a little pet. Here's a little thing. I would have been like, that's weird, but okay. The last thing right. I would do is get on my phone and start working my thumbs, you know? <laughs> exactly. It seems weird. Of all the things to be mad about ever well, in the world. <clears throat> well, I think what's happening here in Diz Twitter is everyone's looking to be tweeted. Everyone's looking for the next thing. Everyone's looking, looking. Yeah. And they go to they go to the parks. It's all these hot takes, and it's all so pathetic. So it's like <laughs> something was amiss slightly, yeah. and they're like, well, and it worked. That's true. Everyone, hey, a couple people got put out on this show, which, you know, a lot of people listen to. Yeah. I don't know. Wait, uh, people got put out on this show. Well, I'm not put out, but just, you mentioned like a couple people's names. That's all. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's the story. It's settled and we can move on, but I'm sure something will happen soon. That's true. Well, speaking of uh, Disney you know, being cheap or not cheap, 
Um, actually, quite the opposite. Speaking of Disney making a ton of money, uh, from the get-go, Star Wars Land had a focal point. One attraction that was meant to stand out above everything else around it to be a talking point, a destination. I'm talking, of course, Jeremy, about yeah. Oga's Cantina. I yeah, bet. I've been there. Yeah, it's good, man. Uh, the only thing worth waiting over 30 minutes in line for on Batu. The cantina was such a success that Disney was turning folks away on opening day and later instituted a queue system just to ensure everyone who tried to visit was able to. The current rules for Oga's Cantina are a 45-minute maximum visit time with a two-drink maximum. You cannot get more than two drinks because, you know, they're mixed drinks generally. I mean, they have beer and non-alcoholic, but uh, under 45-minute visit time, you should not be (laughs) getting three or more mixed drinks. That's that's just too much. Um, So I have a question, though. Yes, sir. And I've been there, but I don't know because we didn't stay that long. How do they know after 45 minutes? How do they know you've been in there that long? That I don't know um, because when we went, we went for the preview and uh, we went back to Star Wars land this this past weekend, but the lines were too long to, to get in. It was like a half hour, 45 minute wait. And again, you know, we had Alice with us. We're not going to stand in line for the it was just it was going to be too much of a thing. So we just didn't even bother. But I honestly don't know. I would imagine they they uh, they have some sort of uh, text message. Maybe they'll text message you. Okay, or something like that. You know, if you, when 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 they seat you, they get your phone number. It's like, hey, your time's up, dude. It's us. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for visiting. Please leave. <laughs> um, okay. But despite the very short time frame, guests are still keeping the wait times high in front of the t- the, of the cantina. So, Jeremy, what's a gal to do? Well, starting this past Monday, you can make a reservation, a proper reservation for Oga's Cantina, as far as sixty days out from your visit either through the Disney Resort website or on the app. So that's pretty exciting. So if you're if you're concerned at all about getting into Oga's Cantina and if I had known that previous to our trip, we would have tried to get a reservation, you know, 60 days in advance. Basically, they're sort of starting to fall in line with how you can prepare for Walt Disney World. Where, right. you know, as soon as you have your plans, 60 days, put it on your Google Calendar for a reminder, bam. Make that reservation because it is worth it. And apparently you can have unlimited number of guests in your reservation, which is kind of weird. So what – sorry. I think maybe you said this. How did you get a reservation before? Because I know you could still have a reservation. We stood in line. Was it not 60 days? No, this was – so this was for the preview. So we stood in line for an hour and a half. We didn't have a reservation. There were no reservations when we went. Oh, when I went, we had a reservation. Well, how did you get it? I don't know. I have to ask my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, because I know you can go. I think you could either go up to the kiosk there. Um, there was a whole article about it, and I didn't read it because I knew we weren't going back in t- anytime soon. So I just didn't really care about it. I'm a bad podcast host. We definitely had ours, like I would say, at least four or five days out because I knew that yeah. week, Saturday, 1230. Oh, Oga. you can. That's right. You can make a reservation. Uh, Taryn, I think, tried to. I think you just call up and ask like a, just any dining reservation. But... I don't think it was 60 days. I think that's okay. that's really the key. Is like three months out, you can start reserving for August Cantina. That's how two pop- months. Yeah, two two months. Thank you very much. That's how popular it is. It, okay, it, it's such a it's such a. And when we were there, man, every once in a while we'd look at the times for like Millennium Falcon because Taryn's parents wanted to go uh, go on it. And I was like, you really don't need to. But um, <laughs> we can just sit here and play Destiny. It's sort of like the same thing. Um, <laughs> every once in a while, that ride would pop at like 85 minutes but generally it was 55 
45 minutes. The cantina wait was a little bit longer. Uh, Radiator Springs Racers was super long. Like, just all the classics. Uh, Indiana Jones was consistently packed, 75, 85 minutes when we were checking. And Indy still, Indy pumps out more people. No, less people? I forget now. I think more people. And their wait time is still higher than Smuggler's Run. It's like, right. Anyway, we've we've covered all that. But the other exciting news for that theme park or that area, just to just to clarify, the their new ride, the Rise of the Resistance, is supposed to be like a fifteen minute long ride. Which can you imagine? What do you think Smuggler's Run is? Three five minutes tops. Can you imagine the the queue line for a fifteen minute ride? Are you guys insane? That opens, I think, January seventeenth. I think was the dates coming soon. Well, fifteen minutes isn't that crazy for a ride. Show me a ride that's six minutes long in Disneyland. Let's say let's say oh, eight Disneyland. minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Let's say eight minutes long. What's what is a, what is a longer ride than that? I mean, potentially the Mark Twain. But Splash there's no, Mountain takes a little bit, right? What, but I think that I, should, I would say Splash Mountain is five minutes, maybe, to go okay. through. Because you're right, it does meander through the hill and all that kind of stuff. But the, I don't think that there's a ride longer than eight minutes. I know Radiator Springs Racers takes a long-ass time. That is a long ride-ish. That's four and a half minutes. There you go. See, <laughs> Gee, how do you know that, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> Supreme Resort, baby. There you Research. Go. That's right. So there you go. Under five minutes. Fifteen minutes? I I feel like nobody's ever going to be able to get on this thing. But Well, Spaceship Earth at Epcot, I think, runs 18. Yeah, but I wonder what the ride... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're out there. It just it seems, uh, yeah. seems crazy. But uh, anyway, so considering all of those people, I thought I would... Go in depth into the story, Jeremy, and figure oh. out just how much money Disney is making off of this decision to add alcohol into Disneyland. It was a very contentious topic when it was first broached. So, this is how good of an idea the cantina was for Disneyland. So, the maximum capacity of Oga's Cantina is 276 people. Okay. And I don't believe that includes wait time, or um, staff, rather, uh, including in the wait times outside the bar and the hard limit inside. Oga's is probably seeing around 370 people an hour come through her doors. You know, parties uh, switch, tables turn over, all that kind of stuff. Considering the daily operating hours vary, uh, you know, from day to day and month to month, uh, you could guess about 5,550 people a day are served. Okay. The average price for a drink inside is $17.50. That's the magic number again. And they have like 20 drinks and they vary, right? A flight of beer is 75 bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is yeah. stupid. Wait, no, is it? <laughs> no, I think, no, I think, I think what I'm recalling is incorrect. I believe that's the, the sampler, if you want to buy it, is 75 bucks. I don't think a flight of beer is 75 bucks. That'd be insane. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of stuff. There are drinks that are 44 bucks, 35 bucks, and some that aren't. So, you, you know, average amount. So what that means is per day, the park is taking in between $96,000 and $192,000 a day in gross revenue, depending if everyone inside has one drink each or two. So okay. if everybody through her doors at Oga's had one drink only, that park would make ninety-six grand a day. Okay. Okay. So in a year, Ogus Cantina could funnel between thirty and seventy million space bucks into Disney's pockets. A year. A year. Thirty to seventy million a year. That's the math. 
I didn't do the math. I'm reporting the math, and I also did not double check the math. So please, if you think I'm incorrect, tell me, and I will, uh, you know, <laughs> figure something out. But it's can you imagine uh, what a, a genius <laughs> that whoever thought about putting Oga's Cantina in there looks like right now? I suppose, but the question that we that we haven't answered is what would some what's the alternative, and what could that do? What do you mean? Oh, the alternative to oh, oh, I see what you're saying. If they didn't do Ogo's Cantina, what would be in its place? And then they- right, like if you had two more quick service, if you had a store, you know, I don't know. Like, what is yeah. the? I don't know what the dollars per square foot are. Yeah, I don't know either. And and what's the overhead? Yeah, that's true. Uh, th- these are all very good points. I it also doesn't include the merchandise sales, which is like the you know the tiki mugs and all the, the stuff that you can buy you know in there. I don't think it even includes food items either. But I wonder right. if that's included in that average price. So it could be even a little higher than that. But to your point, what was this before? Donkeys or something? What was going on over there? <laughs> um, right where Ogas was, I think, was uh, show uh, not show buildings, but just uh, office buildings and workshops and stuff. I think all the, the petting zoo stuff was a little bit farther um, up. But yeah, it's well, it's just land that was just sitting there. But now, now minimum thing thirty million dollars million dollars a year, dude. <laughs> In its first year, thirty million dollars. Like that is mind blowing. It's mind blowing, right? And that's after all of us have said it was such a failure. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just be, and, and and the reason we were saying it was a failure is because the wait times for Smuggler's Run were low, and there weren't a whole lot of people in Smuggler's uh, in, in in Batu. That's it. But the line for Ogus Cantina was consistently always out the door and around the thing, and you're standing in the sun getting sunstroke, like because that's where the money is being made. They don't. You're already in the park. Who cares about Smuggler's Run? They want you in the line <laughs> for Ogo's Cantina to stand right. there to give them a lot of money. For right. a, I'm waiting okay to give drinks. you more. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, yeah. It, well, it just shows you the power of booze. It, it, <laughs> it really does. Can you imagine? <laughs> I wonder what I wonder what the landscape is going to be like for tolerable public vices. Like out here in California, you can already smoke pot. And in some places, you can actually take magic mushrooms. Like in Oakland, they legalized magic mushrooms. I don't think you can buy them, but you can buy them like, uh, I think, a place in Colorado, one of the cities. Anyway, but like in 20 years, can you imagine if they have a dispensary <laughs> in Smuggler's Run or in uh, uh, Batu or whatever, like a, like oh a pot God. dispensary or some kind of in 50 years, you know, can you go in and microdose on LSD? Like who, who know? and I'm exaggerating just to be, you know, salacious, but. Even though I don't even that's the right use of that word, but um, it would it would be funny that like how considering where we came from from prohibition and even now the neo prohibitionists who who want alcohol banned, but it's so prevalent and it makes so much money for customers and and, and or so much money for companies, and weed is is sort of becoming more mainstream now. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I I, I would not be surprised honestly. If in like 50 yeah. years there was a some sort of CBD dispensary or whatever. Yeah. I, in Disneyland, I don't know if I want that. I don't want it. I, I don't want it. But, uh, you know, I no. don't know. Anyway, what do you got? Well, Jason, I'm sure that even in your Disneyland-centric non-Diz Twitter world that you live in, <laughs> you must have heard about the big breakdown of the Disney Skyliner. Oh, I loved it. 
I, I, I think I didn't even eat for two days. I just lived off the energy that that article gave me. Like, it was so good. I loved it so much. I wondered. I thought you were looking a little svelte tonight. So <laughs> that must be what it is. That's my diet. <laughs> the story made waves following a three-hour breakdown of the then six-day-old transportation system that connects several Disney World resorts with both Disney's Hollywood Studios and Epcot leaving some passengers stranded dangling, in some cases, above waterways. <laughs> yeah. Well, several of those passengers made 911 calls during their ordeal, uh, especially as the clock continued to move forward into the hours, and the audio of those 911 calls for help now have been released, thanks to a public records request submitted by Spectrum News. So now we know what they were saying. What, the, what was everybody going through up there in those hanging buckets? You can only imagine. I mean, for three hours, I'm like, you know people are calling the cops. You know people are irate as hell. And they're just like, get me down. And I can, I can only imagine. If they are mad about ketchup behind a counter, imagine what happens <laughs> when you take that person and hang them over alligator-infested waters for three hours in an un-air-conditioned bucket. Jeez. Okay. Uh, one of the calls was by an 11-year-old girl trapped in a gondola with her mother who suffers from epilepsy. Ugh. The child tells the dispatcher that her mother doesn't have her medicine with her and could have a seizure. Note that she wasn't actually having a seizure. <laughs> the child stated she hated Disney and she was going to sue them. <laughs> <laughs> How old is this little girl? 11. 11. And she, I'm going to sue you. I want to hear that tape. I got to hear the tape. We got to get the audio. Yeah. I should. What if I was like, number one? <laughs> <laughs> be like, I can't play anything. I don't have it. Have Can great. you? I mean, first of all, the, 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 the mom is allowing her 11-year-old to call and tell 911 that she doesn't have her epilepsy medicine, but she's not having a seizure, but she could. Why can't the mom call? Also, where's your epilepsy medicine? Right. Well, it's, I'm sorry you aren't responsible enough to ha like yeah. handle this. That's like me like saying, okay, well, you know, I bought this hamburger, but I can't eat it because I don't have my cholesterol medicine. I didn't bring it, but I have right. a hamburger. It makes no sense. Taryn, call the police. I don't have my <laughs> cholesterol medicine. Uh, I do, you know, I do... Um, I get it. We live in a time now, I guess, when the potential for an accident serves to traumatize us as much as if something actually happened. Well, for sure. Well, that's how we get paid. That's how everybody in my house owns a Tesla at that point. I wondered how you had that fleet. <laughs> that's right. One um, for every hour. In another call, a man tells a dispatcher that, uh, more seriously, that his wife, with who suffers from a heart condition, had passed out and then came back. He said, I'm just getting really concerned now. It's near two hours and nothing, which that's just even if you're a, you know, normal, well-adjusted human being, it, two hours in a box hanging there with no word, with no word and no to drive you nuts for sure. And no air. I mean, the only airflow is the, the tiny cracks in the windows. But if there's no breeze, there's no right. airflow. There's I could no not airflow. imagine that. I mean, that is insane to me. Right. I'm also the kind of person where. This might be too much information, but if you if I'm in a confined space, then I can't get out mm -hmm. like suddenly I will immediately have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like it's not a question. It's like, well, now I really have to go. Yeah. You don't have a flight, a fight or flight response. You have a, a flight or urinate response. Correct. <laughs> so I'm like three hours up there. I know I would have 
Oh, you, who knows what would happen? I, I imagine that you would not have been the only one. I, I can't imagine that nobody went to the restroom up up there. I mean, it's I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. And and you know what? To be honest with you, when I got down, I would have been in compl- completely irate. And I talked about it on the last year's up about this this happening. And I'm like, oh, you know, they, they compensated people with like a hundred dollar gift card and like a refund on your ticket. I'm like, that's fine. That's all you need. I don't think so. I mean, some people are up there for three hours. I think I would have been a little more pissed, and I think $100 to spend at Disney, uh, Disney World, excuse me. Um, I don't think that oh. would have satiated my uh, upsetness. It's not even enough to buy a ticket to come back tomorrow. Yeah. Well, they ref- I guess they refunded people's tickets. Okay. Or they gave them two days or something like that. But even that, I, I don't know. I mean, hearing some of these, uh, you know, adventures that people went on sitting there swinging the more i think about it yeah i i expect some sort of lawsuit to happen because it's just not fair compensation i think no um well there's more to this sordid little affair Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) shortly after this incident and the lengthy amount of time it took to finally evacuate the full load of passengers reports surfaced that the reedy creek fire department union had raised concerns in the weeks leading up to the opening of the Skyliner, that their staffing levels weren't enough to adequately protect Walt Disney World. Uh, They claim that while their staffing levels have remained the same or roughly the same for many years, the parks and resorts during that time have seen rapid expansion, which, of course, we know is true. So, um, indeed, on the night of the incident, 30 of the 32 Reedy Creek firefighters were called into action to rescue all the stranded passengers, and it took them three hours to complete the rescue. And this was during nighttime, not the heat of the Florida sun or a Mm. passing storm. Uh, Sean Pierce of the Reedy Creek Fire and Rescue Union stated that they got lucky. Quote, if this had been between noon and 4 p.m. and you had 100 cars with anywhere from 4 to 10 people on each car and you have to extricate those people off these vehicles, it's going to take a long time and 32 people aren't going to get it done. And the thing that I immediately thought of, my dad was a volunteer firefighter. And I thought, well, if 30 of 32 are all attending to one situation and something else happens somewhere on this property, what do you do? You either have to divert some of these, which is going to slow up the process, or you have to call in mutual aid from a nearby fire department. It it does seem a little, you know, when that many of your firefighters, I don't know, that seems a little unsettling to me. I rode the Skyliner. Oh, you did? A couple days before it closed down. Okay, how was it? And I thought this is fine, but I think I'm. A, I was like a one and done because I had that my. I'm like, if this stops, we're we're done. Like I can't. And then like two days later, it was done, and people were stuck on it for three hours. And I was like, oh man, I'm so happy. <laughs> but so I mean, it's it again. It's more of a conveyance rather than like an attraction, right? I mean, was it True. was it convenient to get from one space to another without doing whatever you would have to do normally to get to the destination? Like right. Well, in which we know, if you've ever driven, if you've ever ridden on a, one of those buses oh from Epcot to Caribbean Beach, it's like three hours. You're on the bus for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> you could hang there, or you could be on yeah. the. So it's it's definitely um, it, and it, it, this chops it down to nothing. And it's a beautiful ride. You see great views, and we rode it at ten o'clock at night. It was a uh, you know cool evening breezes of Florida. We're coming through and we were in it was only three of us in the in the cab we had it to ourselves so actually i thought it was quite pleasant but the fear of that thing getting stuck was in my head the entire time 
hundred percent, dude. I, I mean, so. I fear that when I used to go like skiing and snowboarding. Like, what do you do? I don't know. We should uh, maybe you would just drop and you have a good time doing that. But when you're in a car, yeah. can you be? In a, can you imagine being in a, a, a packed car, like eight people, ten people for three hours? Right, and no. at least in a car, you could you could walk out of it. You could get out of it, right? Like yeah. here. Well, I mean, in a, in a Skyliner car, in one of the, that's oh. what I was calling them, right? For t- yeah. t- max right. capacity, 10 people? No, man. No, I couldn't imagine it, especially, and one, well, let's say one of those kids is a, is crying, like a baby crying. Like, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, that's what's happening. The 911 calls have been released, and uh, maybe we'll get the audio for that at some point. Yeah, we should try that. That'd be good. Yeah. All right. What well, do you got? Speaking of calling 911 for emergencies... Yes. Things aren't going so well at the box office for our friends at Disney. Um, in a portfolio that's increasingly based off old IP, Disney movies have still always performed well at the box office. Until we stop seeing them, they will keep being made over and over again until there's no more cash being exchanged. So it came at no surprise when a sequel to Maleficent was announced some time ago. As the release weekend approached, which just happened, actually, uh, industry professionals were projecting the uh, opening box office take to be somewhere around the $45 million mark, which isn't chump change by any means, but it's also not even near the, the $69 million that the, fir- that the uh, first film took in on its opening weekend. The reality of Maleficent 2's initial box office run this past weekend was taking in $36 million with a production cost of $185 million, not including marketing and distribution fees, which leaves much of the film industry wondering why Disney's latest surefire film fell much, much shorter of projections than everyone thought, despite taking the number one spot at the box office. I understand that's a lot to take in, so basically... Everyone thought it would take in $45 million, but it really took in 36 That's, that's quite a difference. That's nine, yeah, $9 million, man. And it's, um, it's weird. I, was, I, I did a little bit of research on, on how people do the projections. And oh. basically, there's a, a few firms that do this, and they have AI, some have AI, some just guess, <laughs> whatever. But what uh, the most popular ones uh, I, I felt were doing were they would take historical films uh, of that sort of genre right like fantasy what is a fantasy film generally taken on average and then you combine it with the stars who's producing it who's putting it out all that kind of stuff and then they comb through like 700,000 Twitter accounts or whatever, uh, basically accessing social media to see what the buzz is. Are people interested in this? Are they talking positively or negatively about it? And then that sort of goes through a mathematical equation and they just get like a rough estimate. Some other people just kind of guess, like the guy who was talking about Avatar. Um, that took an $80 million on its first uh, you know, on its, uh, opening weekend, and he guessed it was like 77 He goes, I, just, I figured it was going to be big because of all the effects, and he was right. Right. But then also, I don't know who like, cares. Outside of the, <laughs> outside of the uh, um, production office and you know, all that kind of stuff, who, who cares what everyone thinks the opening take is going to be. I can't imagine that. I can't believe that that's an industry that exists, guessing how much money other people are going to make. It makes well, no sense. If you can get it right enough, you might get, uh, you know, a, a studio might pay you as a consultant. To oh, that's true. That kind of thing out, right? Yeah, so, that's true. I don't know that there's a massive amount of people in that industry, but there might be a handful. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think there's there's a, a, a about a handful for sure. Uh, but the other thing I found interesting was that even well, I can't say that even Disney thought, but it was you know despite how much the first film took in, which I'll get to in a second, everyone still shortchanged this film by like twenty million dollars off of the first film. The first film made sixty nine million the first weekend. People were projecting forty five million, and it cost five million more to even make. The thing, the second one, yeah, the first one cost 180 million. This one costs 185. So, so I want. Did you in your research? Did you find if it opened at 36, do they think they'll break even? Um. Th- well, I'll get to that. I'll okay. get to that. So let me let me uh, continue here. Analyzing the opening weekend a little bit further, things look just a little bit rosier for Disney. Internationally, Maleficent 2 did much better than it did domestically, taking in $22.4 million from, uh, in, uh, Chinese, in the Chinese market, which doesn't sound, you know, obviously it made 35 or 36 or whatever it made in domestically, but 22.4 marks a 15% increase in ticket sales over the first film. So that's actually a big jump for a sequel over in China. The Chinese apparently love the Maleficent series. Overall, Maleficent uh, number one, the first one, claimed about $500 million in international ticket sales alone, which is nearly twice what it had made domestically. So I think what they're doing is just very, very, very much counting on more international sales to boost these sort of tired lines of of filmmaking. I, I, I nobody domestically really cares that much about Maleficent, even though it took number one. People, uh, some articles I was reading, people are more interested in the Joker. The Joker is sort of this, uh, you know, uh, not to be too on the nose with this dumb joke, but sort of twisted and chaotic <laughs> thing, where you know it's just it's wreaking chaos at the box office because nobody really expected it to to still have this sort of lifespan, but right. they feel that it is taking some dollars away from Maleficent, even though I would I would guess the target audience between those two movies is not quite the same, <laughs> but that's what they're saying. I wonder if the increase in China can be attributed at all to the fact that there's now another park there, another resort. Yeah, I would imagine that has something to do with it. I know that... Um, you know, Western films generally do really well over in China, and there's a lot more screens internationally versus domestically. There's a whole whole slew of reasons why why that would be, but uh, I, I I would I'm sure that the parks don't hurt that, right? You know, uh, for whatever reason, be it the five year difference between the first and second films, or the overwhelmingly negative critical reception that kept audience away, Maleficent 2 does have one achievement of note. Until now, the CGI remake of Dumbo was Disney's worst opening film of the year, with about $46 million taken in on its opening day. Uh, but it sounds like Disney is relying heavily on the international market to make up for the weak domestic box office that it seems is on the horizon. Now, frankly, I'm surprised. Yeah, me too. I'm surprised the first one did so well, first of all. And I'm not surprised the second one did so poorly, considering the opening weekend's take is estimated to be about 25% of a movie's total domestic box office. Disney right now is looking at about $140 million total domestic uh, gross, which is about um, 
a hundred million short of its predecessor. Did I say a hundred? Yeah, hundred. I think it was a hundred million short of its predecessor. I think uh, Maleficent One made two hundred forty million. Um, so it, it's on target to undershoot it, the first one by a hundred million dollars domestically. So well, will this also shut down any talks of Maleficent Three? I I kind of hope not. Some people just want to see the world burn, Jeremy, and that's I'm I'm one of them, and I really <laughs> want this Maleficent thing just to die. Uh, did you see the first Maleficent? I did because yes, my uh, I, I I try not to be too harsh on things that I, I haven't seen, even though I I rarely do. But I did see Maleficent. Uh, I didn't care about any of it. I thought that it was just kind of dreck and kind of. Um, extruding a story where there shouldn't have been a story, and I just I I didn't feel like it did much to enhance the the story. I don't know. I I didn't like it. I I I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I and I was excited to see it, and that's sort of thing I think that they played off and why it did so well. Why the first one did so well in its initial opening. We're all Sleeping Beauty fans, you know. So then we went to see this. And it was like, oh, well, this isn't the story. This is not continuing the story that we love. This is right. Uh, this is a stain on the story <laughs> that we like now. And yeah. So well, I, it doesn't surprise me that this opened worse because I remember hearing, you know, I don't know anyone who was like, oh yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Well, I I think there were a couple people that I've talked to that were like, oh no, I really liked it. But does that mean you're going to go see a sequel? I, th- I think in general, sequels are are usually worse performers than their predecessors at the box office and and pretty much well like worst received but from whatever the storyline is and i read it doing research for this i couldn't recall it i think maleficent is another hero she's like a hero again and for some reason there was that time period a few years ago where we were all concerned about how evil people got to be so evil and their character arc would be turning them not evil anymore which goes against the point of that character. Why do we care if Maleficent or how Maleficent was evil or is evil or became good? It doesn't matter because she wasn't the key of Sleeping Beauty. That's not that wasn't that wasn't the point at all. She right. she was a catalyst to Sleeping Beauty's arc. She was she should not. It just it, it makes no sense. But they're making a ton of money. They're making obviously a ton of money on it. They made a ton of money on the last one. I don't see this really stopping much at all although i do like that um you know before this came out dumbo was the worst performer and now maleficent (laughs) 2 is the worst performer for disney on the year uh, at the box office i don't know why i take a a great amount of pleasure out of that well i do too (laughs) i like when (laughs) i like when they're when when it when ringing the you know the daylights the last water drop out of a rock for disney doesn't work out for them i like that that makes me happy i like it too man and it's um mm. yeah it's weird it's a weird feeling but hey man there's a lot of people out there who love that series and uh, i'm sure that they they love maleficent too i'm just not one of them and i'm okay with that yeah that's yeah. fine all right jeremy well that's all i have man what about you that's it. That's all, all my right. stories for today. <laughs> Actually, to die. I don't know why I just got a, uh, a Scottish accent for that. I think it was <laughs> oh, to die. To die. Um, <laughs> I did have one one more, but I'm not really – I don't know. Maybe I'll put – watch the website here for in, the, in a couple weeks, and maybe we're going to have some cool information on it. Taryn found – I'm not going to tell you how um, – basically an entire calendar for all of the Orange County school districts, all their calendars, <laughs> like uh, – 
what days the schools have off locally to Disneyland. So I want to, oh. I need to figure out how to publish that online and, and have it be in some sort of like properly referenced like thing. But after the last weekend that we had, man, I will never, I will never plan a trip without looking at this first ever. Cause it, it, it's, it's too much, man. Yeah. I mean, you got to know when those kids are out, uh, but those you kids. went on new year's. Yeah, and it and it was fine because it had been raining. I think is why. Like I, I, when we went to New Year's, I believe we were like, "Look, it's gonna be busy. Let's just let's not worry about it." Except the guy who wanted to fight me at Trader Sam. <laughs> That's right. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It was weird. All right. Well, I have a little something I'd like to share. Oh, with the audience here. Okay, go ahead and start over. I was playing. I have the, something I'd like to share with the audience. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Spectro Radio. Yes, I love that station. Spectro Radio is getting a pretty big upgrade on November 2nd. You know, if you've been listening now, the audio quality, it's all right. But I've put a major investment in. Ooh. And I'm doubling the quality. And now on November 2nd, when you listen, you will hear spectro radio in crystal clear 128k what do you what do you mean that that sounds very exciting and as as a podcaster i should know what that means what does that mean it just it's a higher um it's a higher quality of audio so there's it takes more memory it takes more bandwidth sure but there's more ultimately there's more bits in the digit when you digitize the music there's more bits there's more details okay so essentially so you get a clearer sound your pipe is open bigger my pipe is open bigger <laughs> okay good and there's more going through the pipe it's a bigger pipe with more coming through okay i got it because you have you have the high quality audio but it's just compressed when it's and when it's streamed and this opens the stream up a little bit a little bit more <laughs> yes that is exactly right so it's it's That's a big, exciting man it's very exciting. I think it'll be nice because, you know, a lot of people are listening now through um, Roku and they've got Sonos and these are really high quality speakers. Yeah. And if you listen to crappy quality audio on it, what's the point? So this is going to take advantage <laughs> right. of your speaker system. So if you have a Sonos, come on, tune in. I do. And that's what I listen to your show on, as a matter of well, fact. Well, get ready to be blown away. <laughs> I am really like those old uh, Memorex commercials. <laughs> the guy's sitting in the chair. In the chair. And he doesn't know if it's live or if it's Spectro. It'll be like that. <laughs> you should do that. Yeah. Well, that's exciting, man. Congratulations. That's cool. Yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know. Yeah. All right. Well, I love it. Thanks. All right, Jeremy. Thank you very much, man. You did really good. Uh, finally. It only took us eight episodes, but you did great. <laughs> Thank you, you too. Uh, Everybody, look out for Jeremy on uh, the Supreme Resort. We're going to be dropping, uh, this episode will drop, and then the Supreme Resort will drop. Maybe they'll be backwards, but I don't know. Check them out. And, uh, you know, all the boys over there are doing a good job. And then, obviously, check out Ears Up Podcast, which is our main show podcast. And uh, look for that uh, coming. I think we're recording on Thursday. It's coming Thursday. So if you want to tune in live, the show should drop before then. We're going to be telling uh, original spooky Disneyland-related Halloween stories. I'm excited about it. Literally nobody else is. Do you have yours written yet? I'm writing it currently right now. Okay, I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, I think it'll be good, man. I'm, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm really happy about it. Uh, nobody else is. Like literally, everybody's going. I don't really want to do this. I'm like, well, you should have filled out the show calendar with a, <laughs> with an alternative <laughs> uh, idea, man. Right. Uh, anyway, everybody, thank you a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate it, Jeremy. Have a good night, and, and until I see everybody else listening on this show, uh, we'll see you in the parks.